Welcome to the OFD Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Voles. I'm the site manager at OneFootDown.com. And with me tonight are the editors, uh, Brad Wechter and Jude Seymour. Fellow, say hello. Hello. Hey, man. I got women's lacrosse on the second screen tonight. So you're playing. We're, we're doing podcasting and women's lacrosse. Very exciting night. Oh, that is exciting. That's fantastic. ACC tournament? ACC tournament down 5-3 in the first uh <sighs> Yeah. We'll, fi- we'll figure it out, though. Yeah, keep us updated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want. We should have live updates. So this will be the first. Uh, <laughs> if you, if you hear women's lacrosse live, live update podcast ever, we will break ground. Uh, but we have a special uh, guest tonight. Uh, I did not mention I am the Emperor Supreme Warlord, and uh, <laughs> at all because there is actual royalty here. The Meme Lord herself, <laughs> Jessica Smatana, is joining us tonight. Jess, hello. Hello. Thank you for um, the title. Hey, I think you're, yours is self-created, right? Yeah, but other people don't have to call me that, you know. But see, I dem- I call myself emperor and have demanded that from other people, and they have. So it well, works. Okay, sure. Then thank you. I yeah, Well, see? thank me, I guess, from yeah, me. So the meme lord herself, Jessica Smetana, is with us tonight. <laughs> so we're pretty pumped. Uh, if you guys are, you have to be living under a rock if you don't know uh, who Jessica is. Uh, she has took it over the Twitter sphere. Uh, and if you're a Notre Dame fan, uh, she is loud and proud. Uh, right now she is the, uh, producer and showrunner on sports illustrated for the wilder project. And what's the other show that you do? Just the, the Will Wheat show. Okay. And she has a very excellent, very awesome podcast called the MVP podcast. Uh, most valuable podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, with Charlotte Wilder. And it is wildly, uh, no pun intended entertaining uh and it's really just kind of awesome it's um thank you charlotte, charlotte has i got i gotta tell you she has become one of my more favorite uh i don't know how to personalities slash writers slash, followers, right? yeah you know she's 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 just one of the cooler follower you know follows uh cooler that i have uh over the last few months uh so you know i think that you should deserve some of that credit for being our producer uh but you know you guys do an excellent job and uh and you guys really really excited for everything you guys got going on thank you appreciate it you are welcome happy to be on tonight awesome so tonight we're we're taking the handcuffs off jess i think you are like contractually obligated to get like what like two minutes of notre dame talk in on each uh podcast yeah i get my rant in usually once an episode haven't really lately since football season ended but i i definitely still talk about notre dame on my podcast more than the average podcaster does as well you should as and so tonight we're taking the handcuffs off i mean this is like william wallace freedom type shit god you know, no no language barriers no uh no time limits um you know so we can just dive right in onto everything. So, are you are you prepared think, for that? I think Jess is going to regret doing this, but I, I can't. Oh, I definitely it. think she already regrets it. Um, I'm excited to talk about Notre Dame for more than two minutes. I'm, I'm intrigued to see if I have enough to talk about that will last over an hour, but we'll find out, I guess. Did you get a cool drink before you started? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might you might need to reach into the fridge. <laughs> All right. 
So, hey, well, let's let's just get this started. So, I think since the since our last podcast, um, uh, I think well, just me and Greg, we've had some little bit of news and just uh, some new leprechauns, three new leprechauns from Notre Dame. Jess, you want to talk about that for a second? Well, I mean, what the first female leprechaun with Lynette? Uh, I know I know you mentioned it on uh, on the Most Valuable podcast this week, but uh, you know, give us your thoughts. Oh yeah, I yeah we talked about this on um, the podcast last week. So there's three leprechauns, right? There's one female leprechaun. There's one African American leprechaun who I think is the second African American leprechaun ever yes. at Notre Dame, and then the third leprechaun is a guy from Ireland. So I don't know. That's a pretty pretty diverse uh, little crowd they got going on. Pretty cool. It's but, pretty nice uh, mix. I'm excited that there's finally a female leprechaun because, like, I don't know what, what took so long. I think the only requirements to being the leprechaun is that you have to be able to do, like, a backflip and you have to be, like, shorter than 5'5 five five or something like that. So so they I have a height requirement on the leprechaun? Isn't there a height requirement? Did I make that up? I don't know. Because I, I I the Irish Guard, Irish Guard height requirement is out. I height requirement for the Irish Guard, but I didn't know anything about the leprechaun. But no, that, there, there is no height requirement for the no, Irish Guard. They got rid of the height requirement for the Irish. It's Guard, just a, you got to be a band member, which is uh, was which I will get controversial. Yeah, I may not get into that just yet because I will go off on a rant about the Irish. Okay, Guard. fair, fair, but so um, we'll stay on point here. But yeah, I thought I I don't know maybe I made that up. I thought you had to be like relatively <laughs> short to be the level. Maybe they were just all five five, and you thought that that seems like that works. It kind of makes sense though. Like, have you ever seen a six foot guy do a backflip? Like, you can't like that's. But the biggest question know. is: Have you ever seen a leprechaun? Which well, leads no. me, which leads me to the look. I am, I am very happy that they went diverse because it's why wouldn't you? I mean, what? I it shouldn't be a big deal. Uh, but right. the but the second best thing about it all really is the Twitter reaction, the social media reaction uh, from people who were totally, uh, you know, just taken about, you know, taken back by by all this. Like, have you ever seen a woman leprechaun? Have you ever like? You, the, the people that were coming out of the woodwork are just right. like the worst people, which makes for the best watch. I mean, in general, I think we all know we're we're online a lot. And so we see like the worst of mankind. Uh, but sometimes like the worst brings out a lot of comedy because it just shows how ridiculous they can be. Correct. I totally agree. There were, like I saw a few really funny comments on Twitter from people who were outraged about the female leprechaun. Um, but I saw like mostly supportive and like um, happy reactions to it, which I think is a, a, a good a good sign. But I don't know. I think I don't. Do we know? Because you don't creep on the Facebook. Well, that's true. Yeah, I stay far away from Facebook. Is where you're generally going to find the the real crazies. I think uh, who are oh, yeah. oh, upset yeah. about a female leprechaun. Um, but do we do we know what sports she's going to be doing yet? No, and I. That was that was my point because Brian Fisher made a point today on on uh, uh, Twitter about the fact that USC has its first female drum major, and he said, "Oh well, when USC uh, travels to see Notre Dame, the drum major and the leprechaun will be both be female." And I was like, "I don't think that's the case because the guy from Northern Ireland, he was the leprechaun. He's the vet, here. yeah. So he's the incumbent. I would assume that he retains football, but that's just an assumption on my part." I, I was thinking the same thing. Like if you're if you already got one year being the leprechaun under your belt, I think you you get the NBC games. I don't think they give those away to um, 
first year leprechauns, which is a bummer because I think it would be cool if we could show off our female leprechaun. But um, that's a junior, right? Is she? I, I, I did a write up, but I'm pretty know. sure she's, a, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's, she's a junior. So, I mean, that just saying that, all right, so next she, year then. she's coming, she's coming through the door. So next year she would be available to be the, the, for lack of a better term, the prime time uh, leprechaun, right? I, w- I would hope so. Yeah, that would be, I mean, I would, that would be fun. I would love to see her at women's basketball games. Cause I imagine the women are going to, even with losing all five of their starters are going to do very well next year. And it'd be great to see her get some TV time because of that. You know, I want to see her at hockey games. I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I, I guess I really don't care where they're at. Um, I just, I think some people just did, had no idea that Notre Dame used three to begin with, but yeah, you know, the main I mean, goal is to have one at every event. And so they got, they have to have that many. Otherwise you're just running someone ragged. It's not like we have some local, like, like Hawaii with, when they had their mascot, he's just some local guy that showed up uh, and they got into fights with Houston in a bowl game. But, uh, um, but yeah, they need the three to stay alive. Yeah, I guess, what, I guess what we need is one year for all three to be women. That way you ensure that Doug Flutie is stuck talking about <laughs> her from the booth. Did we? I mean, oh, did you just like hint he, that Flutie might be there more than another year or two? Yes, that, our, this would be the saddest podcast ever. All right, I didn't mean to. Is oh, Doug yes. Flutie a leprechaun? That's my question. Have well, I seen a leprechaun? Is it Doug Flutie? I mean, is he 5'5"? He would be onto something. I mean, he did something with his hair. Uh, this, is five, eight, this, isn't he? Yeah. this may not be the most important of takeaways, but not to not to derail the conversation. But um, oh, what, what did you guys no, think please. about what did you guys think about Flutie as the sideline reporter for the Blue and Gold game? Uh, whatever gets him out of the booth. Yeah. I mean, I really I, there was I was fine with it. I was amazed at his hair. Yeah, I uh, I was. I was intrigued by that choice. We'll put it that way. It, <laughs> did he actually add anything from being on the sideline? Did it? Did you feel like he was more intelligent about what he was saying? I, 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 I was at the game, so I didn't get to hear his commentary. Did he add anything of value to being where he was? I, I feel like he did, but I can't remember because um, I it was like two weeks ago now. And basically if I didn't write it down immediately after it happened, I can't remember it. So no, I'm not exactly sure. I feel like he did. I feel like he did some like good uh, Brian Kelly mid game uh, interviews, but you always get so much better access during a fake game. So who's to say what, you know, he really brought to the table and what he would if yeah. he did that during a regular game, you know? My time hop reminded me that I, I think it was two spring games ago, Jack Swarbrook called Doug Flutie the best uh, person in the business. And I was like, uh, okay, if he's got the Jack Swarbrook seal of approval, we're in real trouble here. You know, that's horrible news. That makes me really worry about Swarbrick's, um like judgment. Mental state? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mental state. There you go. Because he called Doug Flutie the best in the business. And then the Shamrock series uh, goes to the Yankee Stadium. I mean, like, what's next? Oh. You know? How is like, Swarbrick at every game? You... Uh, is he at every game? Yeah. Probably, Jack, oh, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, how can you comment on, like, how he does well, you got He's got to watch a recording, I imagine. I suppose. Still. I just, I don't know how you, oh, how you can be so out of touch with the fan base that you say Doug Flutie is the best in the biz and you make the team wear pinstripe 
freaking uniforms at Yankee Stadium. Come on. You want to know my personal opinion about about why he, Jack Swarbrick his way is? What? He's being controlled by the Illuminati. <laughs> Jack Swarbrick <laughs> is a is a puppet character <laughs> for the Illuminati, hell bent on keeping Notre Dame just one sliver away from greatness. That's a theory. I mean, it checks it out. It is a theory. <laughs> uh, Josh, I mean, not to buy into the the full Illuminati here and go to- full. Oh, you, you should buy in. But Jack said something along the lines of like, well, people have to understand there's more than me or there's forces at work that he are. He has literally said thinking. those words. Yeah. And it was like, it was very Illuminati-esque. It's very also, ominous. I also just felt he was talking about the board of trustees or some sort of president's circle or something like that. I didn't, I didn't actually think, uh, you know. Look, there are all sorts of secret societies in yeah, this world. Well, those two things aren't necessarily exclusive, all right? Board of Trustees, <laughs> Illuminati, they could control other things. I think they're in it. I, I think that I, I think they're totally involved here. I think Jack Swarbrick is a puppet master or is the puppet uh, controlled by uh, dark forces hell-bent on uh, keeping shit weird. I mean, all kidding aside, he must have less than five years left to go. I would say maybe two or three years, right? He's going to walk out before Brian Kelly does, don't you think? Uh, they might be hand in hand. I mean, if Kelly's five years, I mean, they, it could be a, and which at a school like Notre Dame, a, a big football factory, I, th- I think we see that quite a bit, don't we? Where a, a, a athletic director with certain term, you know, it's their coach. So at the, at the big football schools, it's the athletic director and the coach kind of go hand in hand. Like if a new guy comes in, that coach may not last too long if they're hitting a little bit of a rocky ground. You know what I mean? Right. But how about if you bring in an AD when he's, he knows he's only got Brian Kelly for, say, two more years? Isn't that a softer landing than trying to pick an AD and trying to pick a head coach at the same time? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, I mean, I I, I don't know how how tuned Notre Dame is into soft landings anymore uh, when, you end, when you take a game and put it in uh, Yankee Stadium. <laughs> all right we i mean we can go down a dangerous path with shamrock you know but all right so look you know look look, we talked about Flutie. we just talked about Flutie for a second and i was just ecstatic that he was out of the booth but i think i mean isn't the general consensus from notre dame fans i mean like i'm talking like 90 percent at least that somehow some way we need to get brady quinn into the fucking booth yes Jess, i mean I mean, I, I I tweeted a picture of of who was in the booth for the last game. It was um Sims, Sims and um uh, who else was there? Not as highly decorated a college quarterback yeah, as Paul Burmeister, I believe, right? That was it. Yeah, 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 Burmeister. Um, I tweeted a picture of them, and a, a few people responded and said like, "Oh, we need Brady Quinn in the booth," and I was like. I tagged Brady Quinn and was like, yeah, I would love Brady Quinn in the booth. Maybe he saw it. Maybe he didn't. I'm not sure. But um, I think the consensus is like, yes, he has proven that he's actually very good at at play-by-play um, or not play-by-play, but, you know, commentary, analysis, whatever you call it these days. Commentary, um, yeah, you got it. And um, also a Notre Dame legend. I think it's just a natural fit. He just needs to get – his butt to NBC and get off Fox because he would be perfect for that role. And I, I think, think he definitely wants to, I just, I think it's NBC. It's the ball is in NBC's court. And I think, I think Brady might've even have uttered similar words at one point in the last couple of years. Yeah. He was on NBC, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
I was just going to say, he was on the Pot of Gold podcast with Eric Hansen and Tyler James, I want to say six months ago, and he spoke very openly about the fact that he doesn't understand why NBC feels the need to uh, put in the booth somebody who is, uh, you know, either went to a school uh, that is not Notre Dame, but he talked openly about the fact that he thinks that, you know, that he would be a good fit for that. And, and it just made it sound like he's really never had a conversation because they've never really been willing, you know? So um, my, my theory is that NBC is like trying to not be the Homer, you know, like so overtly Notre Dame in their broadcast. Like they want to treat Notre Dame games. Like it's a third party separate from NBC. But the problem with that is that like, you're a network that only has, rights to one college football team and if you want all of the fans of that college football team to be loyal to your broadcast and like actually tune in every week you got to make it you got to make the fans of that school enjoy your broadcast like it just doesn't make sense why you would not try to just go all in on the Notre Dame fans and and instead have Doug Flutie a guy that not only didn't go to Notre Dame but is not the best at commentary and also went to I mean just I also think it's incredibly insul- incredibly insulting to Brady Quinn to uh, the idea that he couldn't separate himself from the fact that he went to Notre Dame in order to call a good game. Uh, I think oh, that I, you know, I totally agree. He hasn't really had an opportunity and, to call a Notre Dame game but at the same time I've I've listened to him on other broadcasts it's not he's not going he's he's, he's not rooting for one team over the other he really knows how to do his job so the idea that they're afraid that if they put Brady Quinn in, that they'll either be viewed as full homer or that he'll go full homer, I, I think is 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 kind of insulting, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. and I think I think in 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 that case, like I think Brady Quinn would probably almost be more like would be tougher on Notre Dame, knowing that he has to kind of not show uh, show like favoritism towards them. You know, in a lot of ways, like whenever I have to write about something that I like actually care about I always check myself even more because I know that I'm not supposed to show certain biases it's probably it would probably be a same the same thing I doubt he would be like going like wearing his you know Notre Dame monogram lapel to the freaking booth like he'd probably be a little bit more careful and I think I, I just think it's absolutely absurd is all all it boils down to right I mean yeah, I think well I think critics of NBC covering Notre Dame and Notre Dame having their own deal are going to be critical of it no matter what. They're not watching the game. Yeah, they're not going to watch another name game for no reason yeah. So no why not just go anyways. for it? Put Brady Quinn in the booth. It's stupid. Yeah, I agree. You got to find – you got to, like – you got to get viewers. And if you're not going to, like, double down on getting the Notre Dame fans to watch it, like, that, there's no point in doing it. Because every year there's going to be shitty Bowling Green or New Mexico games. And, like, you're, just, you're not going to get high ratings for every single game. You might as well get a – a broadcast booth that you know at least loyal Notre Dame fans will tune into every week. Right. And Jude, I think Jude wrote an article about it. Uh, I don't know if it was after Tariqa was hired or if it was, but it was uh, an article about uh, some comments Tariqa made about NBC trying not to be the Notre Dame network. And we're just like, why the fuck not? If they, I mean, that's your, that's your dog right there. Your opening credits are not NBC college football. It's Notre Dame football. It makes zero sense to not completely sell out to sell out. I mean, just do it. Everyone knows that's what you are. So pretending that you're something that you're not isn't working. No, one, you know, no one thinks, uh, thinks like, Oh, that you're completely unbiased when you're sitting there with the, with all that shit on your, 
you know, on your promos. Uh, so it, it's absolutely absurd. I've ranted about that before. Get Brady Quinn in the booth because uh, I, I just don't think the fan base can handle uh, any more Doug Flutie. I, th- I think we're literally going to go. At, I mean, you just said, right, Jess, Bowling Green in New Mexico, right? Yeah. So if you're not at the stadium watching those games and you have to watch them on your television, let's just say that Notre Dame, I, I, I don't think I've ever watched the replay of the Ball State game. Um, it was ugly. Don't watch it. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is, is that I don't think I would have been able to sit at home and watch that game and listen to the Flutie. I, I think I would have just lost my fucking mind. I, I, re, I rewatched the Stanford game last night uh, and just listening. You know, and he did the same thing with Stanford or if it was with uh, uh, with Michigan, I think, too. Just like the complete like talking up, like I'm going to pick this one player out. And as they're getting lambasted, you know, Bryce Love was getting fucking owned. You know, Shea Patterson was getting murdered. And he's still talking these guys up if they do anything remotely other than trip over their fucking shoes. And it's just like, no, dude, that's not how this is supposed to work. One last thing for me. If if NBC is so concerned about not being the Notre Dame network, why did they have Jimmy Clausen on the halftime show for like three three uh, games in like what two thousand and fifteen or fourteen or whatever? Do, you, do y'all remember that experiment? Oh yeah, why did they no, have a guy I, named Liam who's you know an Irish Dame on? Though so, I mean, come on. I honestly like I I missed. Have you ever good, seen a leprechaun? <laughs> I missed a good chunk of like those. Uh, 2011's experiments because I was I was still in school and going to all the games so I didn't really watch anything on NBC for a span of like four years but um I I don't know there has to be a better solution than what what is going on right now at least Tariko is as good as he is because that is like the one saving grace I think <laughs> it makes the broadcast watchable for it's sure. like we're we're all sitting around our computers and we're talking about this and I think we all basically have a torch that is already burnt like halfway down. Like we're all <laughs> like we're all sitting there just like ready to go, you know, rate rate NBC and just, you know, make this just thing put, happen. So just put Brady Quinn on. Like there's just just put him on. Like that's all that's all you have to do. Just put Brady Quinn on. You make everybody happy. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think I don't think it's in Fox's interest to let him to loan him out, but I would love to just do a one game <laughs> experiment, you know? So I mean, what do you guys? Th- what do you guys think about that? That Fox, the Fox lineup this year, though. So you I got mean, what? Matt Leiter, Reggie Bush, Brady Quinn. When, I, when um, I, like, is that for the new like in studio? Yeah, yeah. show Urban thing Meyer. that they're doing. Yeah, Urban and Urban Meyer. That was the other one. My God. I I don't know. I don't know. I think Quinn is good enough, and Urban Meyer is actually not bad at TV, in my opinion. But Matt Leiter, you don't think he's too dry? I don't know. I I've talked to him before. He seems like he seems like he has some interesting perspective. Maybe I could be wrong. I don't know. He seems like he wouldn't be terror, especially if he he knows he's done already. I think the problem last time was like he knew he was going to coach again. So, and maybe he still will. I don't really know. I don't. I don't think he's the worst. We'll put it that way. You are he's not better. the worst. Let's get him a let's get him a plaque. He's better than <laughs> Dez. I hate Dez. I hate. Herb Street and Des, and they're the two most like highest paid guys on ESPN. I think at least Herb Street is. Um, I think I probably would rather listen to Urban Meyer than either of them. 
Um, yeah, but I think that's fair. I mean, Tim Tebow's awful too. He doesn't. He never brings yeah. anything to the table in terms of. And I just can't take Tebow's voice. I mean, he I'm just sorry. goes on long rants, like long rants that make you feel bad about yourself. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and he's supposed to be the uplifting guy. He's supposed to make you. You know, he's inspirational, right? But he's not. <laughs> yeah, no, he just he he just goes on these like long rants and tangents, and you're like, dude, take a breath. Come on. I just uh, when they announced it, I made like a very just you know very low hanging fruit joke like number of Bush push mentions you know infinity right because uh, what I've seen of the Bush or the um, Quinn liner interaction they're always kind of they're always kind of jawing jabs yeah two thousand five oh, kind yeah. of era or whatever and so Reggie Bush is just that's just gonna make that completely like that's just all they're gonna I feel like that's all they're gonna talk about and. And there's really not much to say. I mean, Brady Quinn thinks USC is a bunch of cheaters and they don't play by the rules and they have and lack he's of academic. That, he's literally has said that. Has said yeah, that. he said all that stuff. And so, and Leinert's obviously going to, you know, see the other side of that. So, you know, I don't think I've ever heard Reggie Bush speak. If there was ever an interview, I think I turned it off. I don't know. I, I, I'd be good. I, good enough like you see him approach the TV, you're just like looking for the remote. Yeah. Just like, well, this is going to be boring. I don't need to hear this. I don't know. I honestly, I honestly can't think of a time that I ever heard of. Reggie Wasn't he Bush. on the on the Kardashians? Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. Dated, was dated, him. dated one he of them. Dated, oh. He dated Kim Kardashian. Didn't he date Kim Kardashian? Yeah, he dated Kim, and I, I, sw- I, I can't believe I'm admitting this, but I, I swear, <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, he was on an episode or two. I guess I that, like there was a fight right. at a restaurant. I don't I think- know. My TiVo must have run out of memory. I didn't. I think I'm just. I don't know. It just mad. It just kind of came on the TV when I sat down. Uh, is Matt Leinart good at TV? I've never. I don't. You know, know. what? Matt Leinart is exactly what you would think a Southern California quarterback would he be. He's kind of boring. No. He's boring and laid back to the point where he looks like he doesn't give a flying fuck about being there at all. But it's like. I, it, 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 he just doesn't come off as a it's low effort. It's low. Yeah, effort. it's really low effort. Yeah, <laughs> he's not bad. He's. It's not like what he's saying is wrong. Um, no, it's not annoying like Tebow or or a right. or something like that. But it's just like a. I'm. I'm just here for the. I'm here for the paycheck. I'm here so they don't. He's Marshawn Lynch. In it, you know. I'm. I'm here so they don't find me. Not to, not to change the subject. <laughs> But Des, Des Howard is doing exactly what, what – he took his pages straight out of the Lou Holtz playbook. He realized that you could just be full homer and, like, that would – that would you know, you could just cater to a very specific fan base, and that's all he cares to do. And well, I'm so, glad you brought that up because I, I wanted to ask Jess that because, look, if, if, if you guys know who Jessica is, you, I mean, you should know, but if you didn't know, she used to write for One Foot Down every once in a while, which I never see on her resume. So, have you ever seen my resume? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, anyways, but I, I, I didn't get a we you know didn't get a chance to uh, hear too much commentary about you know last last year with the whole Notre Dame Michigan thing and oh, God. I I I've I really have been lately I've been talking to a lot of people just fans I know friends and stuff like that and I just keep bringing that up because I'm just so I was so. I was fucking insulted that this was what they were trying to sell on television. And like, and people, and some people say, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But the thing is, is like the conversation matters. That's, that's what college football is, right? Exactly. It's it's not the NFL. It's the converse is the conversation to college football is what matters. And they're fucking twisting it every week. Uh, 
from the Notre Dame Michigan game. Jess, I, I, I go ahead and go on a rant if you want. I, I want to know your thoughts on 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 all that. Um, it honestly got to a point where during the college football like playoff selection show, I was so like triggered by Kirk Herbstreet that I was like, <laughs> I was honestly like, I think there was probably like six or seven tweets that I like typed out that I was like, I can't tweet this. Like I will actually get in trouble if I say this, like this is bad. And I eventually I was like, don't say anything because even like letting, letting them know that you're triggered is like, they, they got you. So I just was like, I just like, didn't, I just didn't even tweet anything. I just like sat here in my room and I stewed about it for like days. Like I was, I was so just annoyed. Like it, it makes you so mad as a fan when you dedicate like 13 weeks to watching a team and you know the team so well and you you know exactly how each game went and you, you've you spent so much time on it. And then listening to people get paid like $10 million to sit in a studio and say things that are just like unequivocally false. You're just like, oh my God, I can't take it anymore. This is, and then like you, the next day, you know, you'll be sitting at lunch with your coworkers and they'll just like, repeat the shit they heard on TV because they think it's right and it's not. And it drives you insane. Exactly. And that is the, and that right there is the danger. It's not that I give a fuck if Kirk Herbstreet actually thinks that, I mean, he stood his, and that guy was, he was on that Hill and he was dying on it last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, so I have, which is, I have a weird amount of respect for that. Uh, Cause if I, I mean, that's your opinion. That's your opinion. And you're holding on to it but just the manner in which he just kept coming at it and coming at it. But then that turns into uh, other people's opinions. People right. that are that just- becomes, That becomes fact. It becomes fact. Like it becomes fact that Michigan- The first was game of the year doesn't matter year. for some reason. Yeah. Like yeah. Get, getting the shit kicked out of you. I mean, I, anybody who watched that game, that's the thing too, is how your opinion can change because, because Michigan beats up a couple of cupcakes after they really got the shit knocked out of them. And then after that game, after the Notre Dame game, you know, people were like ready to send Harbaugh out on a fucking rail. And so if you're getting, if you got blasted that bad, yes, the score was a one touchdown, but anyone who watched the game knows how that game went. How, how all of a sudden is it just like, Oh, they beat these cupcakes. That game doesn't matter. It, it, it goes, it defies all logic moving forward. Like anytime you, you were talking about comparing the teams. How could you say, well, look, they have a head to fucking head. And you're telling me the head to head doesn't matter because it was week one. Right. As if, as if like Michigan didn't have the entire off season to prepare for Notre Dame. And, right. Notre and their, Dame their argument was. got like an extra you know, This month. isn't the same team. Right. Like well, it you know what? Notre Dame wasn't the same team with Ian Book and Dexter Williams either. So right. have fun with and, that one. and it's funny because Michigan actually had tape on Brandon Wimbush coming into the opener and like ostensibly had more opportunity to research than any of the other teams. Notre Dame played the last seven weeks of the season when they had a different starter. Yeah, absolutely. It, none of it made any sense. And they rode that train and, you know, Herb Street was massively to blame. Howard is completely understandable because he's a shill, right? He's just, He's right. up there for to just be like Jude said, the complete homer. Right. But that's, like that's his brand, and I get it. But Herb Street is supposed to be like the actual like smart analyst who. But Reese Davis know, isn't isn't you know innocent in all this either. I mean, he fed right along. Usually, you know, when it gets to one extreme or the other, uh, Reese you know usually tries to pull it back into the center, right, where he could see the argument a little bit, and but you know, kind of 
kind of bring it on back. He did, and he didn't do any of that this year. And I think that was that might have been the most infuriating part that nobody there was there to check until like Pollock for like two weeks kind of did a little bit. Yeah, Pollock was doing the um doing like damage control, I think. Like it, it it's funny because it's like right now we're just like a bunch of like pissed off Notre Dame fans and we should be <laughs> we should be really happy with our 12 win season and like we, you know proved everyone wrong and then you know yeah like we lost to Clemson but like Alabama lost to Clemson by even more so like we should be we should be fine but when you're a Notre Dame fan and you you get no credit for winning anything ever and then you have the 12 win season you still don't get any credit and you like it just it's it just gets so old and I'm just I get so mad and I shouldn't even care but I I do and I hate that I care I mean, were you yeah. glad you weren't in an office in New York with SB Nation during that season? Um, <laughs> honestly, like up until up until um, the playoff, I wish I had still been at SB Nation because I could have rubbed every single win in every single person's face that I worked with. But you know, it doesn't even matter because oh, sorry, one one more point because Notre Dame okay. went four and eight in 2016, and everyone at SB Nation roasted me relentlessly and then the following year florida went four and eight and maryland went four and eight and that's where like 98 percent of my coworkers went to college and i didn't say a peep because i didn't honestly give a shit about either of those teams and they're <laughs> they're just irrelevant college football teams so i guess i'm the bigger person Did, was that was that i mean was that really hard i mean i i have more fun with with jabs than most people like i i mean, it, it, i roasted the florida Florida people a couple times, but there was really like no, I found no satisfaction in pretending that I actually even knew who Maryland was playing every weekend, you know, like who, <laughs> who could even bother to care? ACC cowards. So I wanted to ask, I want to ask just a question. Was it hard for you? Did you feel like you to, were cared a lot more deeply because you actually knew people on the team and you were I would say friends with a fair amount of them or a, or a handful of them. Um, yes. And that is something that I'm looking forward to this year. More, more friends. I only have like one or two more friends left on the team and my like nerve level will probably go down dramatically now than it was last season. Like last season was and the season before probably like every season since like my junior year of school was stressful to a to a level that like I could I could not comprehend because you know when you like know like I'm sure like any any person who works with any sports team says this all the time but like when you actually know people and you know how much work they put into it and how much they care about something and then you see them lose it's like more personal and like you you just feel bad for them so like yeah i would be mad notre dame lost but i just like felt bad for my friends yeah um yeah. and that's that's a shitty feeling but um i talked talk like, to a guy, i talked to a guy who talked to jack swarbrook one time about joining twitter and he basically said that it wasn't about like people taking shots at him he could take that all day long but basically he wouldn't be able to keep his mouth shut or he didn't think he'd be able to keep his mouth shut when people were were shitting on the players because he yeah. takes it real personally because he, he, he literally know, like you said, he literally knows how hard they work to be where they are. And so for some person on Twitter, to just call them a bum. Like he yeah. would want to jump in and defend them. 
you know? Yeah, and that's Triggered. why, like, some of Notre Dame's, like, better players or more, like, recognizable players, like, don't use social media during the season. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but, like, Brandon Wimbush, he stopped using Twitter all of last football season because he was like, I, I'm, yeah, like, I'm not, this is not relevant to me and it's not going to help me get better. So, like, I'm not going to read it or use it. Um, and that's smart. And, like, that's why Dabo Sweeney has, like, a no social media policy for his players because – it's not going to help them get better at football. And, you know, like people like Darren Ravel will no, shit. On no, there's really like, no, I, if I was, if I was a player of any renown, I would not be on Twitter. It just yeah. doesn't seem. Twitter, you know, Twitter for sure. Like, but you, there's, I mean, look what happened with like, the Georgia players. I mean, look, I mean, look at how bad that got thrown back in their face. Uh, oh yeah. You know, I mean that, you know, and I, I don't know. It, that seemed like uh, you know, well-deserved, you know, clap back, you know, towards them because of, there was a lot of shit talking and you, I, you really, I couldn't really believe that, you know, Kirby smart would allow something like that. Uh, he seemed a little bit more old school. Uh, cool. Like if you're coming from the Nick Saban coaching tree, that is not something that Saban would recommend his players do. Correct. Even so, I saw there was a Notre Dame player who responded to one of the Georgia players during the Georgia, Texas game. And I forget who it was. It was one of the younger guys, but he deleted his tweet. Like, yeah. I remember player. that. Yeah, like, which makes me think that either like an older guy on the team or a coach called him and was like, "Hey, we don't do that here," which I thought was interesting. Or maybe he just decided on his own that he was better off not getting, uh, not engaging. But I thought that was interesting. I, they go through a lot of those. Uh, you know, they go through a lot all the like, you, oh, you know, media yeah. stuff and all that anyway. So I, I would almost bet it was like a second thought in his head, like like that pissed him off, and so we put it out there and it was like, shit. You know, I need to get this off <laughs> real quick. Right, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. But yes, to answer your question, yes, it will. It, it Knowing people on the team and knowing players, like, personally makes watching the games, like, a thousand percent more stressful. <laughs> so how are, how are you feeling about, uh, you know, because of that? I mean, so what, what years were you at Notre Dame then exactly? You- 2013 through 2015 football season. So like okay. 20, I graduated spring of 2016. Okay. So you know, Notre Dame's had quite a few of those guys from those teams, you know, in the NFL. So uh, just, uh, you know, on a personal level, uh, because you know these guys, how has the NFL draft been for you uh, over the last few years, you know, as a fan and, and just personally knowing these guys and, and know them, you know, what they're going, what they're go through. Yeah, it's been pretty cool. Like it's um like one of my best friends from school who was in my class was Romeo Aquara and it was actually interesting that he didn't even get drafted and yet he has had like such an amazing career so far. Like he just signed a 2-year, 9 million dollar extension like a few weeks ago. Um so like, he was know, like 15 when he came to Notre Dame. Right? Exactly. Yes. Like he was <laughs> super young. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, for sure. He he turned 21 like after senior year I feel like I don't even remember but it was late um but yeah like it's it's cool it's cool seeing like friends get drafted and having those moments and like last year was really cool seeing Quinn Nelson and McGlinchey get picked in like the top 10 um and it was top 10 wasn't it yes yeah McGlinchey went at nine yeah you're all right top 10 you got it my bad um (laughs) yeah it's it's really cool though like you you kind of are just happy to see it pay off, especially the guys that go in the first round. Cause you know, they're about to get paid a lot. 
Um, whereas like guys in the lower rounds, you have to wait a little bit to see that it pay off for them. But um, it's really cool and it's it's neat kind of just watching everyone disperse throughout the country and kind of like take like Notre Dame fandom with them. Like you'll still see players who have been in the NFL for like, you know, longer than a couple years be posting every time there's a big Notre Dame game, which I something that I love. And I think it's not unique to Notre Dame, but there are not every school has players still doing that. Like you'll see players do it like their rookie year, be talking about like a big Notre Dame game, but or a big game for their school. But at Notre Dame you see players kind of continue to care even well past the rookie year, which I think is cool. I, I love when they make bets with, um, you know, Michigan players on their teams and stuff like that. And then they have to wear the gear when they, when the other team loses and stuff. I, I think that yeah. stuff is great. You know? J- yeah. Jalen about- Smith and taco Charlton did that this year. I thought that was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. What do you think about the, it just, it seems like this year and it's a really strange kind of, I don't want to say phenomenon, but it's just kind of a strange thing that, with the NFL draft coming up and all of Notre Dame's prospects, there's a lot of talk about character issues with a, with Notre Dame prospects. Like this isn't the kind of shit that you normally hear about the NFL draft. Usually, you know, Notre Dame guys are like locker room guys and this and that. Um, and, you know, because of some incidences, but it just seems like there's like a mad focus on it. Like with Coney got in trouble his freshman year, Dexter got in trouble his freshman year. Uh, and then Dexter was in whatever doghouse he was with BK, which I don't even know if you call that character. Uh, cause we have no idea what, you know, really the full extent of it. Right. Um, and then like Jerry Tillery, uh, just because the, you know, he has a fucking brain. Um, and it is, they will literally say character issue with Tillery. Then they'll bring up like a personal foul. Like no other top prospect has done something stupid on the field. Uh, you know, what, what's your thoughts about all Does it seem strange to you that that, seems to be more of the uh of the talk about the Notre Dame prospects than in years past I just like anytime people say character issue like it seems, it seems like all-encompassing right like it seems, and it seems like a code for something else like it seems not like anything it, it, Hillary I, sorry I, what was that I feel like I feel like they want to call black athletes thugs but they know that's racist so they say character I just, that's what I feel like. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but well, like, that's what like, it feels like. Bringing up like uh, Dexter Williams. And I, again, I don't really remember, like, I'm not sure what we know or what, what has been like uh, confirmed, but um, like, I, what, what does character issue mean? Like, what does that mean? Like, what has he done that another player on the team didn't also do, you know, like, I don't know. Like there are a lot of reasons why players get suspended. Um, And like scouts do a lot of weird due diligence to figure out what those things are. So I don't doubt that like maybe they find in some cases can find out things that the general public isn't aware of. But I, I don't know. It seems like I'm putting it all under the umbrella character concern thing is kind of bizarre to me. Like you have to say what it is. Like, if it's a weed thing, that's a weed thing. And that's different than if right. it's uh, buying or selling like co- crack or cocaine thing. And I think that's different than like being smart and wanting to learn like science, which I think is also different than committing a personal foul on the field. Like there are a lot of different things that I think should be called what they are and calling all of them character concerns kind of 
puts them all in the same thing. And like the really bad things get kind of washed away with like the not so bad things, but then the not so bad things also get taken as seriously as a really bad thing. So right, that's an excellent point because the I, issues they have with Jerry Tillery are the same issues that they have with someone who like, you know, beat up his girlfriend. And to me, those are two entirely different. Totally different. Saw, um, they're, they're not, they're not even the same fucking ballpark. Uh, but to put them, you know, to put them in the, under that same umbrella seems ridiculous. And I, I want to say this about Dexter too. Um, you know, now that we brought him up just a little bit with the character issues thing, if they want to say, you know, weed, whatever it is, because you're right, they should just say exactly what it is. They didn't like the fact that, you know, he had weed or maybe he peed, uh, you know, had a negative test. But the, here's the thing. Dexter Williams was an ultimate team player this year because he took a suspension as as a big boy should. He he did his time. He never, you know, he never said he never muttered a word otherwise was extremely grateful uh was a team player was was you know on the sidelines cheering i mean everything that you would think a good teammate uh with high character would do Dexter did he was there he was there doing all of that and so i i just find it hard to imagine that let's say a kid you know quote unquote fucks up and yet he does everything that he needs to do to correct the wrong or or to, to prove that you know that he belongs all that doesn't that shouldn't that wipe the slate clean a little bit doesn't, yeah, that, show like that, think, doesn't that show that he has grown you would think that being able to accept a punishment and take it in stride would be like just as good of a thing as any you know like plus also i mean come on like if you think that like almost every single nfl player doesn't smoke weed that I'm You're sorry, like, you don't live on the same planet as any of us. <laughs> like, like I, I, and it just is frustrating. There are so many reasons in in college why players get in trouble that are so petty, and none of them, none of which are like criminal. Like, you know, like you can get in trouble in college for missing curfew the night before a bowl game. Like, that's not like that's just dumb shit. That's not like. That's just criminal, college shit. It's not a criminal offense. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's, and, but yeah, there are I mean, guys that actually do criminal things in college, and like those should be the people that were like, oh, I don't know, maybe it's maybe that's a bad thing. I don't know. But it just goes like it. it this goes like hand in hand with that. We'll talk about the Michigan thing. There's just an <clears throat> there's a narrative involved in these things that they just everyone just keeps spinning. Like once it once it gets put out there, somebody grabs onto it, and then they get another person to grab onto it. Before you know it, I mean this. Then this is what the truth is, right? It's not. It's not actual truth, but it's the truth that we're telling. I mean, it was like what they were talking. They used to say about Jimmy Clausen being a shitty teammate and this and that, or you know, a prima donna and all that. Yet he never muttered. There was nothing in his demeanor or <laughs> that he would say that would say otherwise. But because he showed up at hair, show up at a press conference with spiky hair as a <laughs> senior uh, in a limo, all of a sudden he's like the worst fucking apple on the planet. I mean, that, that's how absurd. I mean, that's that wasn't that long ago, but you would still think, you know, like twelve years later, you, we've evolved to realize that this stuff doesn't really fucking matter, and apparently, it still does because once it gets put out there, someone is gonna, you know, magnify it and make it more than what it is. Yeah, so, and the Tillery, the Tillery stuff is like the same thing that happens every year, and like it happened last year with Josh Rosen. Like any any player who has any interest other than football is labeled 
uh, a certain way and they don't they must not love football that much they must really not love the thing that they've dedicated like 80 hours a week to for the last four years of college plus well however many years they spent playing in high school like that just is and if jerry tiller didn't love football why did he kick that usc player in the head <laughs> i mean i mean I, I, you, you give me one thing i'll show you another uh, it makes no sense to me if i don't give a shit about what i'm doing i don't give a shit so if i'm out but if i'm out there busting my ass and i'm pissed because i'm getting my butt kicked out there on the field i'm gonna kick a dude in the head too i mean i it just doesn't oh. make any sense so let, let me just jump in here um i saw a guy and i didn't respond to him although i was tempted to i saw a guy say you know respond to one of the draft nicks or something and on twitter and he said i you know watch the 2016 usc game i would never put jerry Tillery on my team you know what he did was disgraceful or whatever and 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 I, I just my response would have been even though I didn't make it was like you know think about the worst day you've ever had in your life and how many people saw you go through that worst day you've ever had in your life when you just acted Absolutely. completely out of character like I don't know you know maybe your immediate family so like two or three people uh now think of what happened with Jerry Tillery like he lost his cool like did he apologize to all those people that were involved in that, those things that he did? Absolutely. Immediately after the game, did they accept his apology? Yes, they did. Like, so why are we still talking about it? Yeah, exactly. Well, here's the thing though. This was in 2016. Here we are in the year of 2019. And this is what you're also, saying I, makes him undraftable. You know, I gotta say like Jerry Tillery, I don't know him personally, but I know like I've met him and he's a really nice guy and I've heard so many amazing things about him. Um, I have to think that whatever happened that caused him to react in such a violent way had to have been pretty bad. Not that the guy deserved it. I'm not saying that you should ever do that to someone else, but you have to think that things must, something must have happened to have caused him to snap like that. Well, I mean, these guys are, look, these guys are gladiators out there on the field. I mean, Notre Dame gets knocked because they get a lot of players that they say don't care much about playing because they're there for the degree. And, you know, that's, it's not a untrue statement about some of those guys. But I mean, if you're, if you are out there and you're, I mean, you are, you're, it's like messing with a, a pit bull that has been trained to be a guard dog. I mean, there's just a button that can be pushed. It doesn't even have to be hard. It, there's just a button. And these guys are, it's a violent game. So expecting like a little bit of extra violence shouldn't be, I mean, I'm not condoning, condoning it at all. You shouldn't do it, but to, to expect that a good person can't have their button pushed and snap. And it's not like, you know, like he went last boy scout out there. He's, you know, he just, he just kind of snapped and had a moment, a, a college kid. And I guess what I, what I want to say one more thing about Jerry Tillery is, look, he has one of been one of the most, you know, uh, watched and known players that I can remember that's like a non-quarterback. You know, ever since the Showtime series, you know, he was a, a focal point, you know, in that whole series, you know, with his relationship with Sheldon Day. And you got to see him in his freshman year and how, how he's coming through. And so I think people had a had painted a picture of this, you know, jolly-go-lucky kind of guy. And, you know, that is in to a lot of stuff because he has a brain on his heads. He has political opinions. None of that is wrong. I don't, none of that should ever be, no one should ever be told they're wrong because they have, you know, a diverse way of thinking. Uh, but because of that, he has been a, you know, a focal point of people, of fans and media alike throughout his time at Notre Dame. So much like a quarterback, 
uh, at Notre Dame. I think Jerry has been, you know, under the microscope quite a bit. And you hear, and he's not very good in interviews. All right. He, he doesn't want to talk. And I can't blame the guy because I think as a young guy, if you've learned that when you're out there, you know, in public, uh, you know, you're a, you're a public person and everything that you get is magnified. He is smart enough to know I am not going to, you know, I just don't want anything a part of this. So like a big knock on him at the NFL uh, Notre Dame's pro day was the answers were short and, you know, he doesn't want to have too much of the media. I don't understand why that's a negative. Like he just, he, he's done with it. I, I don't know. I, 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 I like, I want to Jerry Tillery's biggest fans because I, not just, not because of the way he plays, but because of the person that he is. I, I think that's, I think I, that's exactly the kind of kid that, that we want at Notre Dame. Uh, and to see him get trashed like the, like he had been the last couple months is, is fucking brutal. Did anyone like any big publication write any like profile on him before the draft? Cause I'm yeah, wondering, I didn't see anything and I'm wondering, like, it seemed like, a, it seems like a no brainer if you know, I don't know, like interesting draft prospects entering this, this draft, like for someone to write about Jerry. And I'm like wondering if people tried to, and he reached and reached out and he was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to do a draft profile because it will turn into like, does Jerry Tillery love football? Like, but he reads books and I could see. Well, it, was, <laughs> it was funny that you mentioned that Jess, because the reason that I thought was so good was Pete Sampson from the athletic did a profile on him. And then it got actually another reporter from the athletic who covers, I believe this, um, the Los Angeles Rams or chargers actually did a second profile that was very similar to Pete's, which I thought was very funny, but um, that's when we just, that's what we heard. I believe the first time that he played every game past the Stanford game with a torn labrum, which I, I've never torn my labrum before, but I can't imagine that's that's easy to play with that injury, you know? That's so, um, so, and Pete framed it, I think, in the right way, which was like, here's the complaint. He doesn't love the game. Here's the reality. I have an MRI that proves I tore my labrum in, this, in the Stanford game. I played the whole rest of the season, and you never heard a peep out of me about this. So how can you say I don't love the game when I literally laid it all on the line for my for my teammates and never once said, I got to take a down off. My shoulder's killing me, you know? Uh-huh. No, he didn't Rashawn Gary it. <laughs> and let, let, let's, let, you know, do the comparison. Is it a nine on his Wonderlick? Is yeah, there, here, here's a 32 Wonderlick versus a nine. Here's a guy who plays through the pain versus a guy who basically just quit on his whole fucking team for most of the year. And a guy who didn't really do much anyways. I don't know how the hell he gets so... But yeah, it's it's maddening. It really is. And you're right. That story from Pete, I thought was dead was just excellent because it did frame it everything just so perfectly about what the perception is and what the actual reality, you know, of it all is. How much I got picked up from, you know, NFL GMs aren't, you know, they're not brain surgeons. All right, they're, these aren't like the smartest people in the room. They're just personnel guys. All right. And so their critical thinking I have, you know, I have I'll take issue with because, you know, they're so focused on one part of it. And I think anything that confuses them at all, like how can a guy, you know, want to travel, the, you know, and see something confuses them. It's, it's like an old bad computer. I don't think that's a good excuse, though. No, it's not a good like excuse. Said, I'm not, no. no, but that's what that's the, but that is the reality. I mean, have you have you talked? I I've talked to a few personnel guys, and they're exactly who you think they are for the most part. And maybe I am painting what they 
ridiculously large uh, brush here, but they're exactly who you think they are. And I get going off of that. I can see exactly what I can see how they're coming to those conclusions. Let's put it that way. So, <laughs> God damn it! Somebody get Jerry Tiller a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think he'll get dra- I think he'll get yeah. drafted in the first round. Yeah, I think he's too. I, th- I think so too. Although the Redskins moving up to get Daniel Jones is both crazy and also probably problematic for people like Jerry Tillery because I mean, there's only 32 spots, right? So I don't, I don't understand why they're these teams are doing this rush to get um, one of the quarterbacks in this draft because why? Literally, it makes it makes <laughs> no it makes no sense. I it just doesn't it's like it doesn't matter. Like if they're rated in the top three quarterbacks of the draft. Like regardless of how good they right. are, the teams that think they need one are like dying and are willing to give up everything for them. Because you're that's why, the te- that's why the same teams draft in the top ten, top fifteen yeah, every year. Pretty much, uh, yeah. Pretty much because of that reason. That's that's why the you Browns have been the Browns for so long. Surely but, you're not talking about the Cleveland Browns. No, I'm not talking about. Them. <laughs> but if you if you if you pick right, then you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you own Pat Mahomes, who's the MVP, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I would rather have Pat Mahomes ten times over than any quarterback in this draft. And I, I, I can't like if I'm a, I'm a Steelers fan. If the Steelers drafted Kyler Murray, I would be pissed. Well, the Steelers just extended uh, Ben Roethlisberger, so I guess they're set with old quarterbacks. So they're all no, they're, they, all they're, they're they're not going to draft a quarterback. I just mean like if it's if my team that I rooted for drafted Kyler Murray, I would not be like. Excited. But here's the thing: I'm a Packers fan and lived it with the Favre to Rogers thing. And so it's not a bad route. It's how it's how it's how a team stays solid. Uh, you know, thank you for your service, uh, veteran face of the you know face. Well, they of they the did team. that last year. The Steelers drafted uh, Mason. Oh yeah. oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. And Josh Dobbs too, right? What'd you say? Josh Dobbs from Tennessee. Didn't they grab him like in the sixth round or something? And then yeah, he's still on the team. He's like um, Sports oh, Illustrated actually did a video with him. He's like a okay. he's like another guy who's like a an aerospace engineer. Yeah, he's like ridiculously intelligent. And he has like alopecia, right? He doesn't have any like eyebrows or something. Yeah, he's he I does he have alopecia? Or is he just bald? I think I don't, that's what it is. don't quote me I on it, but that. I'm pretty sure. I should know that. <laughs> and that, and that, that's how what we've devolved into. <laughs> and I've seen a case of alopecia. <laughs> you know, Jess, I we got a few things to do here before we let you go. It's, uh, but one thing I want to mention while we're talking about the draft is there is an ongoing battle on this podcast between Jude and I and <laughs> Drew Tranquil. And it has spilled over onto uh, our own website and uh, the Twitter sphere. What is your opinion about, I, I don't want to say Tranquil versus Coney, but basically, like, mm. like how do you, where, I, am of the, I have of the sound mind that Tranquil will be drafted and should be drafted somewhere in the third round, maybe the fourth. Jude is of the insane mind that thinks that, you know, he's looking at a fifth or sixth round and that's where he should be. Uh, and we're just kind of, we kind of dismissed the whole Coney talk. Uh, <laughs> we concentrated so much on Drew. Like everything that he's done, he's done well, right? Like his play has, was yeah. incredible. His test, his test of the, co- he blew the combine out. What are your thoughts about uh, about Drew and and his future here? Um, 
I mean, he has the body type. He's strong enough. He has enough tape. Like, I think he deserves to be drafted in the fourth round. But I think uh, NFL scouts are going to look at the ACL and, like, the shoulder and all the injuries, and that, that might hurt him. So, I don't know. Realistically, Dude, is, I, that, is, that what, is that what your, your whole I mean, basis just, is? Yeah, is that- just pretty much characterize it. Look. He has ACL tears in both knees, okay? Both knees. And he's a fucking mutant. He had the the high ankle sprain last year. He is not of this world. He is a robot. Is it bad? They claim Fort Wayne, but he ain't from Fort Wayne. He's from like Planet X. Is it bad that when Jess said he has enough tape, I immediately thought of the injuries and taping them up and not. (laughs) (sighs) I was like, he's got enough tape to deal with those injuries. He's good. He's got enough tape. Uh, to last a lifetime, arm all year. Um, no, I don't know. I well. think it depends. I mean, it just depends. Like you never know. Like it just depends. I I didn't know. I like think- Jalen Smith, to- totally different. Like a player with much much bigger upside, but a much much worse injury. Like I I was surprised when he got taken in the second round. Honestly. By the, yeah, but that by was it that just was Illuminati shit right there too, though. I mean, they had the Cowboys doctor that that did it. I mean, Jerry Jones is an evil genius. So yeah, Jerry Jones probably like they, they knew they knew exactly what was going on. But just yeah, to your point, just to your point, it just takes one team to fall in love with Drew Tranquil, and then right. he goes in the third round. You know, exactly, so exactly, if he, exactly. If he's worth it to somebody, then if he's worth it to the Raiders because Gruden fell in love with him at the Senior Bowl, then yes. so be it. You know, no, and, and I'm I happy easily, for him. I can easily see a guy like Rudin meeting Drew Tranquil and just being enamored with him because I feel like Tranquil is just one of those guys who's he's like every coach's dream. He's super Christian. He's got a family. You know, he's like the natural born leader. Like he's just like every coach is probably drooling over. It's like a coach like Rudin is probably drooling over him. And he loves the game. Loves yeah. respects the game. Like yeah. it's. It's his life, and yet it's not his life. So somehow it's okay, but not for Jerry Tillery. <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I will yeah. say, Coney has a much cuter animal slash uh, little dog. His dog is pretty slick. Um, yes, can I, you imagine his what? Drew Crankle's wife Jackie's thirty, I believe, thirty six weeks pregnant, which means in in four weeks or less she's going to have that baby. And he his draft, he might know this week where he's going. And that means they have to move and find a doctor for her so that she can have that baby. I mean, that's it's just kind of a crazy time. You oh, know? I bet it, I bet they stick it out in Fort Wayne. DuPont hospital in Fort Wayne where my wife was an RN excellent birthing hospital. Stick, <laughs> they'll, they'll stick around. Is that do where you, they to answer right your now? question? Uh, I, I, I do know that they're in the city quite a bit. Uh, just from people that I know that know him and, and know them They're They're in Fort Wayne quite a bit. G, to answer your question, dogs are cuter than babies. Sorry, not sorry. Coney wins. <laughs> but no, I don't know the hospital. I'm not giving the information to, to stalkers. Yeah, uh, I think they're, like, they're going to have the baby in Montana, her, okay? Her, the doctor giving birth <laughs> to her child is uh, Dr. So-and-so. Yeah, so we'll just stop talking about that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. God, I'm so, I'm like the worst fucking host imaginable. Thank you so much, Jess, for like coming on here. Um, Jude wants to play a little game. He wants to yeah. try something new. Like, like this whole thing's new for us. Like, I had a podcast team, and then like 2016 basically killed Wes's soul. And then so after that, they 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 only had enough in them 
for a 12 and 0 season and then a butt whoop in the playoffs and they were done. So we had to pick up the flag. So we are just like marching along Jude and Brad and I just like going along as we can. So we're just, we're trying some new shit out. Jude, you want to, you want to try, try your new game over under. Hey, yeah. Je- these are questions for Jess. If you guys feel like you need to answer them, then you're welcome to jump in, but Jess has to answer them. That That's my only rule. I'm saying uh, the game right. is called uh, over under or overrated underrated. I saw it on pitchfork and I thought, I thought it was hilarious. Um, they asked Lindsey Buckingham if cocaine was overrated or underrated. I'm not going to ask Jess about cocaine, but uh, <laughs> I'll answer uh, that. I just wanted oh, to start sure. with uh, <laughs> the fact that you uh, you went to Clemson for your freshman year before you transferred to Notre Dame. So overrated or underrated Clemsoning? Uh, okay, wait. So if I say it's overrated. What does that even? What does that, that entail? That means people made way too big of a deal of it, and okay. you just were over- rolling your eyes every time you heard it. Overrated, overrated for sure. Like a thousand times over. Clemsoning was the most annoying fucking thing in the whole world, and I'm so glad people don't say it anymore. Well, I mean, they they effectively killed it very well, don't you think? Yes. If you want to kill, like that's advice to Notre Dame fans. Is like if you want to, <laughs> want Kirk Herbstreit and Des Howard to shut up. Like we gotta win a national championship. <laughs> You got involves beating wall. Clemson. This is like, I got I got a map on the wall with some red rope, <laughs> and it all revolves around Clemson right now. <laughs> okay, um, sticking with orange things, orange theory, overrated or underrated? I've never been. Oh, do you have a, a very, you have like a, a very gym of choice? person? What'd you say? You have a gym of choice. Are you like, are you a gym person or no? Yes, I do. I do Barry's boot camp, which is like similar to Orange Theory, but with more weights. I think. Is it less no, of a cult? No splat uh, points. No, it's a it's a cult. It's definitely a cult. I'm in a cult. Yes, I mean two cults if you include Notre Dame. Because okay, Orange Theory is a cult too. So. Yes, Orange Theory is also <laughs> definitely a cult. Um, how about the word "stan" being added to the dictionary as both a noun and a verb? Uh, underrated, overrated. Screw that. I don't like that. Yeah, but you were dealt with stands, weren't you? I was what? Were, were, weren't you, uh, didn't you have to deal with you a bunch of stands? You encountered a couple stands in your lifetime, don't you think? Oh, oh, yes. I, and I've been a stand many times in my life, but I feel like that, I don't like that. That is like a dumb internet word. We should just keep that on the internet, not in the dictionary. Oh, that's, that's an excellent way to describe it. Fair enough. Uh, Nicholas Cage being married for four days for his fourth marriage. Overrated, <laughs> underrated. Underrated. Probably the best news story of of the year. We are not. We are <laughs> not talking the, about was it the nearly drunken enough. fighting that uh, before they got before they tied the knot that you did it for you or what? The karaoke wasn't it karaoke afterwards. It was the, it was the angry karaoke afterwards. <laughs> purple rain. Yeah, there's nothing like nothing more relatable than someone singing angry karaoke after like a breakup. <laughs> uh, um, sour cream. Um, uh, underrated. Very delicious condiment and also a great last name. <laughs> um, how about? Uh, Deadspin writing about people writing about hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> overrated. Very overrated. 
if you're good if you're not happy that- with the with like the hot dog article talking about the diamondbacks writing an article about the hot dog article writing about the diamondbacks just gave the diamondbacks a hell of a lot more pr in my opinion yeah, they I really did. pulled that one off it, if yeah. it felt like a very Talk weird diamondbacks. thing <laughs> i mean i tell we're still I tell talking about the diamondback hot dogs <laughs> I tell I tell people all the time that I die in very weird hills. Like I pick weird hills to die on, and and sometimes I just acknowledge it. But that was the that even I was like, oh, that's a that's a weird hill to die on. You I could know? I didn't find one, and, and I was I remember like looking for quite a while, looking for like one person to agree with that take, and there was <laughs> it just like there was none that existed. I saw I saw a few that agreed with it. And... Did you? I I thought I I thought I scoured. But it was mostly people who I don't follow or like don't agree with in general on most things. So <laughs> I was okay with that. I it's funny because I produced the hot dog video and like that was the main point of going to Arizona was for the video and the article was like a separate like thing that we added on afterwards. Um so it was really funny that like Charlotte got a ton of shit for it and it was like I got zero shit for it. <laughs> but you know what though? To me it's that's like that sucks that, that someone was that ridiculous to fucking attack a hot dog article. But at the same time, not only was it good PR for, for Arizona, honestly, I think it's great PR for, for Charlotte and for you. Cause I, I think a lot of people end up saying they're not just that there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, look, I enjoy that. I think the whole point about sports is the, and has been my philosophy for, for as long as I've been blogging and shit is the, it's the whole conversation. It's the spectacle and I, and you know, of it all, right? Like every, like the whole like lifestyle, like thing about it is what's involved. And so why wouldn't you have an article and a video about some ridiculously large and insane hot dog? Because why not? That's, I mean, that seems that would be an interesting tidbit or interesting thing to, to know. And I just, I think that, the backlash from them gave you guys a little extra cred. Uh, yeah. As like, as like, as like the cool kids, you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think that like, um, sports are mostly fun when it's appropriate for them to be fun. And hot dogs are, uh, it's appropriate for hot dogs to be fun. Hot dogs are not canceled. Hot dogs did not do anything bad to anyone we should all appreciate hot dogs i think i'm gonna name the podcast episode hot dogs are not canceled (laughs) well then people will think charlotte was your guest (laughs) um my last one is uh military time living your life uh not constrained by by the number 12 overrated no right did i say that right military time i'm sorry Unless every single person is on military time, no one should be on military time. It makes no sense for people to have to switch back and forth. Like, everyone just be on the same thing. And I I know that kind of sounds contradictory because the rest of the world is on, like, a 24-hour clock, basically, and America is, like, the only country that isn't. But within this country, if we're all doing the 12-hour clock thing, let's all just do the 12-hour clock thing, including Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I work for a French company, and and uh, that's they're all military time. It's ridiculous. I don't understand how. Like when I was abroad in um, Cape Town, and my my plane ticket said that my flight boarded at twenty forty, and my phone <laughs> said like five thirty, 
And I was like, okay, when does this next flight land? And they were like, this flight lands at 1935. And I was like, I I'm sorry, I can't do that's that's just too much too much math. I can't. Always told there'd be no math. I was told that this flight would not require me to do literal algebra to get on board, but I was apparently mistaken. It was it was just too much. I'm a dumb American, and I need everything to be the way that I like it, and that's why we should all just have 12-hour clocks. Hey, that was that was overrated, underrated. Thanks for playing. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, all right. Well, I think we've uh, we. So, but we're going to end the podcast uh, the way we normally try to, and everyone's going to get, uh, you know, one last sound off, and and I'm going to give the that first honor there for tonight to Jess. Jess, you got, I, I you have a large microphone as it is uh, <laughs> on a daily basis, but is there anything that uh, that you want to get off your chest or, uh, or 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 say before we go here? Um, very excited for the NFL draft. Hopefully, Notre Dame has a solid first round pick in Jerry Tillery. And if not, I will be pretty upset. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I just crossed myself. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, what do you got tonight? Oh, uh, well, just a couple of hours ago. I don't know if anybody saw this or if we got anything out about it, but uh 2025 star long snapper. Committed oh, I got an article up. Perfect. I just I wanted to make sure everybody knew five stars are five stars. All right. Fully first, first five star of the class. Yeah. Fully expecting a jump in recruiting rankings and uh, also very surprised the long snapper had any stars. Well, he didn't. This this was from the long snapping camp. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just saw the headline. I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, hey, if they got a five star somewhere, I'm going yeah. to tout that. Five stars a five star, man. Damn right. Hashtag recruiting. <laughs> Jude, what do you got tonight, buddy? I just want to thank Jess for coming on and, and, and dealing with our foolishness, and, and thanks for playing along. But wait, how did the women do across uh, the game? The game is not over. They're, uh, Duke is up 11-10. They better, they better beat these ladies. I just That's all I got to say. So but you've been living on the edge this whole time, and we didn't <laughs> yeah, give us any yeah, updates. Yeah. Um, so I just want to – my last point is um, – Jess did, I, I think, something very small, but also very cool, and I, I wanted to, to make mention of it, although she d- did make mention of it her, on herself on, on Twitter. Um, Jess is the producer on the, the Wild Other Things show, as we mentioned, and, and she put a, a Team Muffet t-shirt up in the background, and that was something that was yeah. designed by uh, some of our Twitter friends, uh, Bridget Go Irish, Bridget Reynolds from uh, Freckle Creative in, in Nashville, and uh, Rakes and Mallow, Chris Wilson out in New York City, and... Uh, I just that was a a small gesture that she did that I think meant a lot to the people that that I follow on Twitter and was also a huge gesture towards recognizing what Muffin McGraw said and and did and the way that she's standing up for women um and and I just I I just kudos to Jess for doing that and I thought it was great and I thought it was great that they were wearing the t-shirts and everything so uh great on Chris and and Bridget for designing the t-shirt and getting it out there and great on Jess for, for, um, for putting that on, in the, in the, on the SI uh, set there. Oh, thank you. I, uh, it was a no brainer. I got the shirt in the mail and I was like, you know what we need on our set, this shirt. So I'm glad that people liked it. That's awesome. Now I like, you completely stole any thunder I might have, Jude. Thanks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that, that was absolutely, look, I think we are just absolutely blessed to have Muffet, you know, as a coach and as an ambassador for Notre Dame. 
and the, what what she has helped, like not kickstart, but she's really threw some gasoline on that fire, uh, you know, with those powerful comments. And so that that was that was that was a really awesome gesture that you did, Jess. So I will uh, I'll just side I'll just side uh, vote to <laughs> Jude on on that comment. So thanks again so much for joining us. Honestly, it, uh, it was a lot of fun. We we'll hope to have you on again this offseason. We talk a lot of d- dumb stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's something for a little bit for everybody in here, right? I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. Well, that does it tonight uh, for this edition of OFD Podcast. And uh, until then, go Irish. Eat Blue Devils. Irish.